We're live. We live. Welcome to Sloycast, episode zero zero. I'm your host, Mark Angelini, here with my co-host, 60K Sloyd, Mike Hanna. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, man? I'm much, man. How are you? Doing well. We uh, are trying to work out our audio setup. It's our first foray into podcasting, so, you know, lots of hiccups. And uh, let's see, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh-huh, you said it. Trying to make the most of it. That's right. Don't <laughs> worry, we're sitting six feet apart. Yep. yep, we got our social distancing down. Give or take. <laughs> All right, so let's see, Slowcast Zero Zero. Uh, this podcast is going to be interviews with makers um, in the Sloyd world. So we'll be talking to spoon carvers, blacksmith tools makers, um, basket weavers, anybody that's kind of doing the handcraft thing. Uh, we got so a couple. We got what, like 12, 13 guests that um we'll be interviewing over the next year we're shooting for once a month roll out the podcast and see if it gets traction maybe we'll increase our um frequency but we're gonna start with this zero zero so you guys can get to know who we are and why we're doing this and what we do so let's see mike how'd you get in this lloyd uh it's a long story <laughs> but i'll make it short let's go um so I got into Sloyd after meeting Mark at a uh, local holiday market here in Sedalia, Virginia, where we are right now. Um, Mark and wife live. It was actually, it was Mountain Run Jam. Oh, that's right. Oh, I always forget this. <laughs> Anyways, it was Mountain Run Jam, um, an event, which is an event that you guys have on the farm here uh, every September. And met at uh, Mountain Run Jam it was September of 2016. Yeah, September 2016. It was on a Sunday. I think we had my wife and I had just showed up uh, just for a brief period of time at the end of the day, and you had some of your spoons and your uh, other hand-carved items out, and I was just very intrigued by by the craftsmanship, and we just kind of got talking about that, and then the next time I saw you was in December of 2016 at the holiday market. Yep. And you had a booth set up there selling uh, mostly hand-carved spoons. I don't think you had any bowls or plates or anything out at the time yet. Nope. No. Nope. You hadn't no, moved yeah. your lathe down here this way. I hadn't set my shop up. Oh, okay. Either. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, you did have a, a spoon mule. You had a spoon mule that you were working on. And yep. some of you more knives were out. And I just started asking you questions about hand-carving stuff and what you need to do to get started. And... I think I went back that day to my uh, little apartment in Lynchburg, downtown Lynchburg, and tried building a spoon mule and bring it. Brought an axe block home, and <laughs> we gotta put that. We gotta put that video up of you in your apartment. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That would be that would be funny. So yeah, I started carving then. Uh, I think winter of 2016, and I just I think when I first started doing it, it was very discouraging because I didn't have that much guidance, and. Uh, I think just I tried trial and error. You know, I would I would just carve spoons and see what they look like, and I sanded everything. <sighs> I mean, I was just an avid sander at the beginning, just sanded every piece I finished, and then I gave it up for a little while. You know, I just I think I was a bit discouraged by trying to get to the level, I guess, of carving that you were at. You know, just the uh, the overall form and the aesthetics and how the spoon looked from 
any angle that you looked at it from. And I think that was a bit discouraging for me. So I gave it up for a little while. And then I came back to it. And by the time I came back to it and I started making some improvements, I was just like, whoa, this <laughs> is fun. Yeah, I was hooked. Definitely, definitely hooked. So yeah, um, that's how I got started. And then we moved a year later to uh, Amherst County, Virginia, where we live now on seven acres of land. And I had a little more space, obviously, then. So I started building a little more, you know, got some more axe blocks and built a nice spoon mule and mm-hmm. got into it some more and eventually um, built a lathe. And yeah, that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. Get into that. But yeah, that's kind of uh, where I started and how I ended up where I am today. So how about you? Um, so 2000, I think it was October, 2011. That's, I've been telling the story a lot recently, but yeah. I, I love it. Cause it's just fun. But I, so I was just looking on the internet and I came across, I don't even know how I came to it, but, uh, on Vimeo, on Vimeo, there's a video someone made about Robin Wood and it's him in his shop and he's showing well, he's in his shop, he's in his kitchen, and he's just talking about what he does. And I had no idea who he was at the time or even what spoon, car- spoon carving or, you know, green woodworking was. But I just saw his, I just remember, like, he's got his bowl and his cooks and he's got a birch bark canister with, like, muesli in it. And he's talking about what he does and how it's just raw and authentic. And I was just like, man, this is incredible. I've got to figure out how to do what he's doing. Like that just seems like the life I want to be living. And it seemed, it just seemed to mesh with, um, you know, what I was interested in farming and gardening and homesteading and resiliency. And I think that night I went on his website and I was like, who is Robin Wood? I got to learn more, more about this dude. And he had a big blog at the time and he had a whole blog on like what tools you should get to get into spoon carving. And I think I just went and I just bought the, uh, was it the more uh, one, 106, the short one? I know, that's 120. The one, the 120. 120. And I bought a 120 on Amazon. I think it came a few days later and I just like scavenged some crappy old axe and I just started whacking on wood and carving and I was just hooked from there. And um, <clears throat> I got really, really into it that winter. I spent a lot of time carving and didn't know what I was doing, but I was just slowly kind of researching from Robin. And then from him, I learned about the, about Jared Dow. And then Jared Dow turned me on to a Facebook group, which is called Green Woodworking and Sloyd, I think, or Sloyd and Green Woodworking. That group still around? I think it is still around. Yeah. I was talking to um, Emmett the other day about that. And I think, I think it's still on Facebook, nice. but it's got, you know, now it's like 20, 30,000 people on there. But wow. the, at the time it was like, thousand or twelve hundred people on there and it was cool because robin was on there jared was on there barn was on there uh, all these really you know super talented experienced carvers and turners were on there right and they would interact with people like me who I'm, I'm brand new to and i'm like posting this crappy white you know like a red oak spoon i carved <laughs> and they would comment on it and you know give people advice and yeah it was really cool so i just once i got there i was like oh man it's like a huge world and there's other people out there like me right and that was really, that was really the uh, tipping point for me. And then I just went full bore, and I just, I just carved as much as I could. Yeah. The the you know throughout the years, and then once my skills developed, 
even when I still wasn't very good, people were like, man, you should think about selling these. Like my dad and some of my friends. And these at this time, the spoons were not very good. Right. But I did. I, I threw them on Etsy and I sold a few. And I mean, that wasn't really the whole point for, for me, but I still loved it. And I just kept going. And then my skills developed better, you know, more and more. And I got better. Right. And then I... Um, then I kind of made a small business out of it. It became sort of like a side thing for me. Um, and I took a, I saw Robin Wood was coming to the U.S. in 2015. They posted on North House Folk School. And I literally, like the day it opened up, I I think it was like the minute registration opened up, I, I signed up. I went to there and learned the, to do the pole lathe turning. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much just, that was like the whole genesis for me. Wow. And it was cool because um, I guess we could talk about, you know, who we are and what we do. Uh, but when my wife and I moved here to Virginia, uh, it was just, I was like changing, you know, all my, my scene and setting up a new shop and stuff. And when I was in Michigan, I didn't really have a community mm. of carvers, right. really. Right. But now I'm here and it's like, we've kind of got this community forming and there's obviously like the internet community. Of course, yeah. But, but yeah, it's just been growing and. Uh, been sliding it up and now it's much more significant part of my life than I ever thought it would be but for sure I just love it yeah yeah I I, I, I can say for the last probably a couple of years now every week I'm home I have to touch some green wood and you know <laughs> carve something whether the spoon or a spreader or whatever get on a lathe and turn a bowl or plate and it's just been it's been great I I feel like it's such an integral part of my life now that I can never mm -hmm. be myself without it anymore. It's kind <laughs> Isn't of, that funny? Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. And you were the only green worker that I had met, you know, like this was four years ago. Yeah. And But like you were saying earlier, everybody, especially the talented ones, you know, some of the big name carvers and uh, greenwood workers in the world, they're always so humble and they're always available. Mm -hmm. You know, and when I think when I got on the scene and started carving in 2016, most of the content I was seeing was on Instagram. You know, I wasn't I wasn't on Facebook uh, and I wasn't part of the group, but most of it was on Instagram or I would just go online, watch YouTube videos. And, you know, every time I asked somebody a question on there, you know, they would always respond and help. Yeah, it was, it was really great you know, just to get started. Um, and I was self-taught a lot and I didn't take any classes like you did. Uh, I was definitely self-taught. And there is something to say about that, you know, being self-taught and learning uh, from trial and error and just watching your progression over over the years or months or whatever. And I would For say sure. the more time you put in, obviously, the better you're going to get. You know, I have a full-time job, so it was hard for me to manage a full-time job and then coming home and finding time on the weekends or whatever to uh, get better at, at doing it. But there's definitely something to say about watching your progression. But also there's something to say about taking a class and learning from somebody and, uh, and developing some skills that way you know, and, and pretty much getting to know people in a class setting I think is very valuable. And building that community setting there and then taking that with you elsewhere so but yeah it's been it's been a great journey I, i've loved it ever since hell yeah so um what's your what do you do for a living uh so in 2011 it's funny you were saying you got this going for yourself in 2011 i was still in college at the time i was a junior in college living in philadelphia uh going to temple university and at the time i was i think pre-law that was my major I was planning on going to law school, and that never happened for me. I ended up doing an internship with the National Park Service in 2010, and then by the time I graduated, 
college in 2012, I started a full-time job with the Park Service as a park ranger. And I do mainly law enforcement for the Park Service. And I did that for about four years, living and working in Pennsylvania and New Jersey um, till about 2015, so three years, rather. And then I moved to Virginia in 2015, late 2015. Uh, actually, August, August 2015. And I've been here since. So it wasn't very long after I moved here that I picked up Greenwood Working. Um, since we've been here, my wife and I, I work on the Blue Ridge Parkway. If you haven't heard about the Blue Ridge Parkway, go online and look it up. <laughs> it's a roadway that stretches between Virginia and North Carolina and covers about 460 miles plus of scenic route. Does it, does it go? It doesn't go out of Virginia? No, I, it stops in North Carolina. Yeah, okay. it stops in North Carolina, right, right, where, uh, right where the Smokies, Smokies National Park okay. starts. So. Essentially, it connects both Shenandoah National Park and the Smokies National Park. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Long, long road. But yeah, I've been here since. and Love my job. It's great. You know, there's ups and downs, but, you know, I feel like it's kind of goes hands in hand with what I like to do outside of work. You know, my hobbies, blacksmithing and greenwood working. I get to spend a lot of times outdoors learning things about trees and the natural environment, and I try to take those uh, and learn more from there when I actually get into the wood and start carving, learning all the different characteristics of the trees and stuff in the wood. It's always fun. Yep. Hell yeah. That's that's my new that's my new uh transition word. Hell yeah. <laughs> Here I'm gonna adjust your mic. Yeah we're, so we're we're working this whole thing out. We're uh we don't really know what we're doing when it comes to podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> we're making it. We're making a concerted effort. I, I swear. We are. We are. We're trying to learn uh, podcast etiquette. <laughs> we'll, get we'll get it. We'll get it. This is episode zero, so hopefully by episode two or three, we'll be a little better off. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. So that's great, Mark or Mark, Mike, Mike, aka Ranger Carver, aka Sixty K Sloyd. <laughs> yeah, he did. It. So what? Yeah, what prompted your big uh, Instagram handle change? Let's talk about that. Oh, the Sixty K Sloyd. Yeah, let's talk, let's about, talk about, that. about that. So I started off as Ranger Carver uh, when, because you're a park ranger. Because I'm a park ranger, so it was kind of a catchy name I came up with, um, Ranger Carver, and then. Uh, Recently, in the last, what, year now? No, it hasn't been a year. In, no, in November. November of last year, right? November 2019. We uh, we do a gathering. Well, we have done a gathering now. It's been two years. Two years. Two years. Uh, we do a gathering here at a cabin that's on the property where Mark lives. Um, and we try to invite all our close friends and, and those that are interested in greenwood carving to the cabin. And we spend a week in there usually just, just carving spoons. And on this last uh, event we had, we... We brought out a uh, a lathe, a pole lathe that Mark and I had had built uh, for the Mountain Run Jam uh, event. And wait, is that right? Did we build it for Mountain Run Jam? Yeah, that's right. We did we built it for Mountain Run Jam. So anyway, we brought it out to the uh, to the cabin, and we all got together and carved up some spoons and turned some bowls. It was really fun. But we had I had recently um, gotten some tools from Nick Westerman. <laughs> And was just obsessed with the high polish finish on the on the bevels, and went ahead and just bought some really high grit um, adhesive sandpaper, and uh -huh. I think I got. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how that name came about. Really, is that I was uh, 
pretty much polishing all my bevels to 60,000 grit. <laughs> Hence the name 60K. So, um, but, but, but the name, but the name came about cause you were asking everybody, you're like, have you tried that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was really obsessed with trying to get people interested in, in trying out my knives and how, uh, how nice of a polished finish they left on the wood. It was really incredible. Just refining the edge to such a high grit. You can really see it on the finish in the wood. And that, that paper is almost like glass. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so, uh, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. So slick. Yeah. It's incredible. And so I was obsessed with that for a while, and that's how the name came about, 60K Sloy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually I don't usually go up to 60K anymore now, but it is yeah. it is fun to do, um, you know, just to get a really nice finish on the wood. And you, I mean, it's an incredible finish, you know, very waxy, very shiny finish, and especially if you're if you're finishing uh, your spoons dry, which I I like to do, you know, um, because I don't really I don't really carve for production work. I'm not I'm not really interested that much in the selling aspect of it. Um, but if I was trying to make a living carving spoons, I think my approach to sharpening and finishing and production work would, would be a little different. So I usually take my time with my pieces, you know, and I try to baby them along the way. <laughs> and that's one of the things we want to do with this podcast. At first, we're going to interview people that are production carvers right. and, you know, are big names and leaders, I guess, in the field. But over time, we would love to talk to different people that you know are hobbyists um because i think the field itself is is blossoming into a lot of different people that do it for fun i mean i think that's 90 percent, 99 percent of the people that are into spoon carving are doing it for fun they're not trying to make a living out of it you know right um so yeah uh let's see i can't say i haven't sold any spoons though because i have yeah, yeah we, you know yeah. We, we usually sell together at, at some of those events we have here on the farm yeah so Mike and I, besides from aside from Sloycast, we are also uh, we've got an event here at the farm in September, and this will be the tenth anniversary of it. And it's called Mountain Run Jam. And last year we kind of set up this thing we're calling Sloyd Corner, and it's really fun because uh, we're kind of Mike and I not only are coming together to do the podcast, but we've also got the Sloyd Corner that we've been sort of you know, slowly organically developing. And I think it's coming, becoming a cornerstone of mountain run jam because mountain run jam is focused on skills and community and uh, it's a celebration of agriculture and arts. And so at the event this year, we're going to have like a legit Sloyd corner where we'll have our lathe and we'll be carving spoons and people can come up and, you know, observe us. And then we might even have a couple of sessions where people can, this year we might have a couple of sessions where people can learn and, you know, sit down and learn some nice work. But, um, and then we're also going to be doing some classes together here. Center my, center my voice on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in out a little bit as you move your head sideways. <laughs> I'm a very, I'm a very animated speaker. So <laughs> my hands are moving. My head's moving. Yeah. We got to learn our, our podcast etiquette. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll tell my story too, what I do. Yeah. Um, what is your full-time job? <laughs> quote, really on, have, quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah. So for about 10 years now, I've been working primarily as a permaculture design consultant, um, basically helping folks design edible landscapes, homesteads, farms, uh, using ecological design principles, and then practicing that on my own, you know, with all kinds of farming and gardening techniques. 
so that's kind of this lifestyle I've, I dropped out of college to pursue. Well, I didn't know I was. I just couldn't stand college when I went to. Cause I went to college to study graphic design and art. And when I was there, I kind of realized, like, man, if I'm going to be a graphic designer, I'll be stuck in a city the rest of my life, essentially, because, like, the main way to be to make a living as a graphic designer, I'll be sitting in front of a computer all the time. Anyways, I left that, and in the process, came into this whole world of regenerative agriculture, organic farming, gardening, resiliency, all this stuff. So I did, I've been doing that for about 10 years, and uh, like I said, learned about Sloyd in 2011. That became a huge part of my life. Um, I met my wife in 2013 uh, teaching uh, permaculture courses in Vermont. And then she is from this farm in Virginia called Mountain Run Farm in Bedford County. We're right in central Virginia, which is where Mike and I both live. And we moved here in 2016, got married. Shortly before we got married, I met Mike and his wife to be. You weren't married then. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we're here setting up a farm. So we are farming we produce uh, pastured eggs in collaboration with our friends restoration acres farm we have a uh, a budding cider orchard and kind of diversified perennial based farm we grow uh, herbs vegetables perennial fruits nuts berries and then we have some livestock amongst the chickens and so on and then we also do some teaching and we have a a teaching garden at our local ymca and do kind of intermittent design and consulting throughout the year for different clients so it's just a kind of a big piecemeal lifestyle and career and kind of entrepreneurial livelihood is is what i've kind of been building and now i'm trying to focus more on the sloyd not trying to but i am and making that more of my life since we moved here i mean it was just we were pretty much off the ground running since we moved here we moved into this house and we planted uh three acres of apples and built fences and we just got you know building gardens so in all that i wasn't really able to establish my shop and and get back in my woodworking um rhythm but over the past couple years i've slowly got my lathe set up i got a forge we've got a forge on the farm i'm making my tools again and just kind of slowly get my shop organized and trying to get my business with the spoon carving and bowl turning and so on to match with uh, the seasonal ebbs and flows of everything else I do. So that's kind of like the package that we've been slowly developing here. And uh, I just love one of the reasons that I wanted to start this podcast and ask Mike to join me was not only to interview other people and figure out why they're excited about this whole handcraft movement and idea and lifestyle, um, but it's, it's kind of to focus on what is the quality of life that people get from having these skills and these practices because, you know, now there's a lot of people that do this in cities. Right. And that's why if you go on Instagram, there's all these people selling blanks. Right. Um, because there's people that don't have access to, to woodlands and, and trees. For sure. But they still want to have access to that skill and, and that hobby and that, yeah. you know, connection to tradition and yeah. a slower way of life and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. And I just think that's really exciting. And I think people are yearning for more of that connection to the nature and um yeah just a slower way of life i guess yeah that makes me remember at a time i when i was living in lynchburg in downtown lynchburg in a city in a small apartment <laughs> i think it was like 600 square feet apartment and it was in a historic building that used to be a shoe factory and it had these beautiful wooden beans you know um, high ceilings 
and the concrete floor I had in the apartment was perfect, you know, for an accent block. So I set up an yeah. accent block in there. And uh, <laughs> at the time, my upstairs neighbor, I think, was working for the local news channel. She, was, she did the weather. And she would have to get up super early. And here I am. I'd be getting home from work at like 6 o'clock at night. And I'd be going to town just, you know, axing away my spoon blank. And next thing you know, her dog is barking upstairs and she's pounding on the floor trying to get me. Oh my God. Pounding on the floor upstairs trying to get me to, you know, stop. And uh, man, now that I come come to think of it, maybe the blanks would have been a better option for me at the time, you know. But I don't remember anybody offering blanks at the time. I know, I know like Michigan Sloyd does it now. I know uh, Emmett was, has been doing it probably for a while now. I just don't remember. I think he was the first person. Emmett was, yeah. Emmett was the first person. I believe so too, yeah. And then you have Michigan Sloyd now. I remember uh, he he recently started doing that. So and I don't know if, if any other makers are doing that. I don't. Well, Emmett wasn't the first person because back in the day, Dell Stubbs, you could buy um, spoon blanks from him, some bandsaw blanks. Right. But it was different. It was it was like dry um, basswood, mm. and it was just a different. You know, I think Emmett is kind of. I think he's one of the first people in this, I don't know, I hate to use the word, this era or this age right. of Instagram to really, you know, kind of meeting that demand of people in cities. Right. Um, but yeah, now like Yoev is doing it. Uh, I saw Barn Spoon's doing it. Right. Yeah. So it seems like it's kind of growing and yeah. there's a need apparently. Yeah. So I mean, I definitely see the benefit. I definitely see the benefit. You know, you're not going to be able to do that in your whatever 400 square foot apartment in New York City. You know, you're not gonna have you're not gonna be able to have an axe block and run a chainsaw and <laughs> cut up your wood and process it with a fro and all that. You just you just yeah. I think a better option would be just to go along with the blanks, buy blanks, or you know, if you have family members that live in rural areas, you can maybe make a trip and just axe out a bunch of blanks and bring them back with you because you can totally do it in your apartment. You know, all you need is a a straight blade and a hook knife, and you can produce some really nice work. And it doesn't it doesn't have to be that in depth you know you don't have to get involved that much if you're a beginner you can start off with a blank and see if you like it you know, before you, yeah, exactly before you make it full time anything else you want to talk about yeah. um let's see who are you who are you excited to speak to uh let's see some of the names that kind of uh been thinking about definitely robin wood i mean that's that's kind of the biggest one i, I want to hear a lot from robin wood you know and um bar and the spoon i'm excited to talk to emmett uh who else it was jared dow owen thomas i like him um well adrian lloyd i mean there's a lot there's a lot of names that i can you know think of right now that I, i'm really excited about for conversation with them yeah, me too. Well, I mean, some of those names we haven't really reached out to yet. <laughs> hey, hey. So if you're listening, hey. you're like, whoa, it's news to you for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll be touching we'll be touching base with you very soon. Very soon. And you know, uh, as this grows and evolves, we're gonna try new things. Um, we're welcome to any input. Right. If you happen to be listening to this episode and are thinking, man, I'd love to hear from this person, shoot us an email. Right. We'll be getting our website, Instagram set up here soon. Um, eventually, we might do some videos, maybe. Yeah. Like, maybe we might eventually turn this into a video podcast. Yeah, for um, sure. We got to get the audio. Once we get the audio podcast down, then maybe we can add a, a camera and we can record ourselves right. and also have the Skype video right. of our right. guests, maybe. Yeah, And potentially a blog on the yeah. website. Yep. 
Um, like I said, we're it probably won't be under the Sloycast moniker, but we're going to slowly be doing more classes here in the area local and eventually potentially a, a bigger gathering. Right. Um, you know, these are just ideas we're throwing around. They might fall under Sloycast. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I think this is a piece that we'll try to incorporate in everything we do now, you know, that's related to woodworking, green woodworking, whatever we're doing um, on the farm, we're going to have a maybe a piece of it involved. Um, I got a I got an idea that I uh, was wanting to tell you. We'll just do it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, this summer I want to do creek and carve. Okay. What is that? We'll go down to the creek. Uh huh. And we'll carve and we'll swim in the creek and we'll carve some more. There you go. Cook cook some food on the on the campfire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, great idea. <laughs> the, creek. the creek and carve. Creek and carve. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Yeah. I mean, the property here that uh, Mark lives on is it's just a beautiful chunk of land here in Sedalia, Virginia. I mean. It's just, it's got a lot of, um, just beauty, you know, surrounded by mountains, you know, there's a nice creek that uh, flows on the property and it's a beautiful factor. You know, every time I come here, it's like, you feel like you're in your own little slice of heaven that, and there's no one else around. So, you know, at some point in the future, there might be a nice event. Yeah, for sure. Welcoming all spoilers. That's right. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's pretty much all I got to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I think this I think this is a good first episode. Get people, you know, at least introduced to who we are, so that as we go forward, they can, you know, maybe they catch episode thirty and they're like, "Who are these guys, Mike and sixty K Sloyd and Mark Angelo?" Yeah. Let's see. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening in. Um, check us out in the future. Episode one should be coming here this month, hopefully. Right. Like I said, once a month is our goal. If we get some traction early on, we might kick it up a notch. For sure. Yeah. Um, still trying to figure out exactly the way this is going to go. We're just sort of letting it grow organically and, um, you know, trying to do our best. You know, we invested some money into our, our setup here. We've got some mics and, and headphones and all that. So we're trying to, you know, get some, get our quality level to a certain, certain, certain threshold. Right. So, yeah, if you like what you hear, if you're excited to hear interviews with your favorite Spoon carvers, bowl turners, tool makers. Yeah. Shoot us an email. Uh, you know, subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. <laughs> uh, and stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, please. We're going to try to solicit a lot of feedback from our viewers and listeners eventually. And I think we're going to try to, you know, listen to those things and, and accommodate the viewers. And I think that's the people's the people's Lloyd podcast. The people's Lloyd podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. And thank you all for listening. All right. Peace.